0: Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcasts, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship aggression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Okay, hi everybody and welcome to episode 14 of Tiger Pops. Today we're joined by Aisling and Julia.
1: Hello, I am Julia. I live in the Kansas City, Missouri area. I've been a fan of Midnight Poppyland since quarantine started and it's my dirty little secret addiction, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Aisling and I've been on the episode quite a few times uh, and I the the do to do with the Facebook group. Yep. That's
0: me. (laughs) Yep. We're very grateful for that. It's awesome. And I also want to thank my husband for this episode because uh, I'm currently in New Jersey where there was a storm and there's no power and no internet. So I'm sitting in my car with my phone plugged in and my husband's phone plugged in because that's the only way I can record this podcast and have internet access. So I want to thank him for giving up his phone for the next two episodes so thank you, Yoel.
1: <laughs> and we thank you, Mindy, for your dedication.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. So episode fourteen, um, we'll do a recap of episode thirteen. So in episode thirteen, we had Quincy and Torah intimidating Mister Morrison, the CEO, and we think that Quincy is this sadistic person who just enjoys torturing people. But then turns out Quincy threw up, and you know, throws up in the parking lot, and he's actually this softy, and. The episode ends and this one begins with Tora receiving a text and the text is from It's Poppy. (laughs) Yep, and we see that, you know, we see on on Tora's phone that her icon is this (laughs) hula hooping avocado which is just beyond adorable and just another portrayal of Poppy's You know innocence and her cuteness and total distance from torah's world of intimidation and you know violence like what he's just been doing so Poppy is just this contrast to torah again and again and again
2: and then the other thing too is um quincy is like looking over his shoulder and then he ends up saying like she's been typing for five minutes straight she gonna send the message
0: Right. And that's so typical. I know so many of us, right, especially because texting is our communication of choice. You know, we type something. We're not sure what to type. And, you know, we type something and we, and we scroll back and we type and we, we go backwards and delete it. So it's just hilarious that this is Lily's putting in these things that we all do all the time, especially when, yeah. you know, you're romantically interested. I don't know. She doesn't know she's romantically interested, but she's definitely nervous about, about what she wants to tell him because she ultimately wants him to delete the picture, right? So she's not quite sure how to phrase it and what to do and how to ask him that.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's also the she just kind of met him and knowing what she knows about him. I mean, she doesn't know what he wanted it for. So I I can understand why she'd be kind of nervous to even ask him about it. And even to like confirm that she knows he has the
2: picture.
0: Right. Exactly. They haven't talked about it. Very awkward.
2: Oh yeah. It's like the, the the thing between them right now. The elephant
0: mm-hmm. in the room. Exactly. Or tiger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Quincy, Quincy, you know, he he right away assumes that he's like, is it someone new in an organization? Because he knows that Torah doesn't meet girls otherwise. Like the only interaction Torah would have with a female in Quincy's mind is somebody from the organization, which is very telling.
2: exactly well it kind of shows like how close their friendship is that he like knows these sorts of things
0: right and he feels comfortable enough asking him as well because i get the feeling that torah is pretty private and tight-lipped about his life but quincy feels like he can ask him these things
2: Mm -hmm. and And that's when torah smirks ever so slightly
0: And it's adorable. And Quincy is just shocked beyond belief. You know, he starts sweating. He gets this blush marks, And he's like, "Uh, you're smiling at your phone. So this is clearly something. And he's like literally staring at it, right? He's not just like, "Okay, he got the message and he puts it in his pocket. No, he's just staring at the phone waiting for her to say something.
1: Yeah, it's been like five minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hate
2: when that happens. You're just like, come on, just type the thing.
0: All right, so Tora's clearly into her, or you know, he's he's putting a lot of stock into what she's going to write, but of course, he denies it to, to Quincy. He says, Shut up, I'm not smiling. And Quincy starts joking with him, <laughs> and sadly, he doesn't know what's good for him because he's like, Yeah, you look like a starving wolf who's just spotted a fat, juicy lamb. And then um, he starts backtracking because Tora must be giving him this look, and he's like, I'm just kidding, calm down. And we have these crash bang stops and Quincy's like stop please like swear, he's like help dad someone help me and the fact that he goes to you know Quincy is like a grown human being he's maybe you know in his early 20s and mm-hmm. he's still like automatically going to help dad somebody help me it just tells you a lot about his character you know he's constantly used to relying on other people to defend himself right the fact that he had to go to torah to defend himself right against um mr morrison shows that he's not used to standing up for himself he uses other people as a tool to get what he wants Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have enough he doesn't have enough inner strength or authority or like a tough demeanor to get other people to respect him and to be able to enforce his own way he has to use other people
1: there's also the fact that his dad's probably the only one who could really stop Taurus and Quincy knows that. How does
0: that make
2: sense?
0: Yeah, and I'm wondering also, probably this is something he said a lot as a child, so it just instinctively comes out of his mouth. It sounds like, you know, two brothers, right? I mean, his dad's not even nearby, right? But maybe this is just something he's so used to saying that it just comes out of his mouth.
2: And then the next panel is Probably one of my favorites where he's like, You effing monster, and he has like drawings all over his face. It's it's really adorable.
0: So, yeah, I'm wondering is that actually the. I thought it was like just a way of showing that he got like slapped up on his face, but is that supposed to mean that Tora actually drew on his I, face at the mark here? I think
1: he did. I, I think he did do that just because Quincy's kind of. I guess vain in a way he's very particular about his appearance so Tora doesn't really have to hurt him so much as hurt his appearance because he knows Quincy values that because his hair is all messed up he's got drawings on his face because I mean just before this we had him trying to stick a cigarette in Claude's eye Mm -hmm. and that was just for kind of talking to him he wasn't even really taunting him I mean overtly he kind of maybe was but with Quincy he was deliberately picking on him and instead of doing something violent he just kind of ruined his appearance he made him hurt in his own way
0: (laughs) I think you're right I think that makes a lot of sense Uh, and then Tora just walks away it's hilarious so now we cut to Poppy now I want us to pay attention to, this is the restaurant outside of Poppy's work. It's called The Patio. It's a coffee and restaurant shop. And when we first look at this, we don't really pay much attention, but I'm pretty sure that somebody we know will later be working here. So just keep it in mind. (laughs) Yeah. You know, pay attention to the decoration and the coloring. So, you know... It goes from Tora's world. Again, this is something we talk about a lot, the coloring and the differences between the coloring. Tora's world, right? He's in the park, the car park, or otherwise in this car garage for us, I guess, Americans. And, you know, it's very dark. It's very cool toned. And then it switches to Poppy's world. And even though Poppy in this point is like anxious and she is emotional and overwhelmed, she's still, everything's pink. You know, the patio is pink. There's a lot of sunlight. It's warm toned. There's a lot of her phone is pink right pop Tora's phone is you know like his color is like dark gray and green hers mm-hmm. is pink <clears throat> and as we talked about before she's typing and deleting and typing and deleting and she's sweating and she's anxious and she doesn't know what to do but then she sees that it was red and of course she flips out
2: <laughs> the worst feeling ever <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you don't want to see when somebody's, like, read the message because you're like, oh, no, now I have to be held accountable. (laughs) Unless you want them to read it, then you're like, answer back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and her reaction is adorable. She just, like, plops down the middle of the street, hides her face. And, you know, this is so typical. I just love it. I love seeing Poppy's reactions because... She really does like the things that a lot of us do and she thinks the things a lot of us do. So I love that Lily puts these just very human touches in. Like that's I think another thing that just keeps us coming back. We really relate to all these little nuances of human behavior, things that we don't really necessarily say out loud so much, but like we all do.
1: Especially part where she says she needs to find a place to die of embarrassment. <laughs> 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 Done that part of times.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. That's like half my life
0: yeah and then she says i hope he isn't just standing there waiting for me to finish my sentence and we cut to in a moment of great humor by lily's part we cut to torah standing there waiting for her to finish his sentence <laughs> and you know he's tapping his foot he's cursing he's impatient just like one message and quincy who i see does still have sharpie all over his face <laughs> he's like oh go here and he's torah's just waiting Again, he's like really intent on popping. He really puts a lot of attention to what she's telling him or trying to tell him.
2: I just love this like moment where Quincy's on the ground, just like, help. <laughs>
0: Right. And it's this, again, ironic reversal. You know, Quincy, would you would think he's the one with all the power because he's the son of the clan lord. Mm -hmm. But really, he's very dependent on Torah. And like we said before, he uses Torah to act out the aggression that he doesn't have the courage to do himself. And he is reliant on him to drive him around. Like, he doesn't have emotional power over Torah. He doesn't have the authority over Torah. Even though he's the one who should be, you would think, have all the power.
2: Yeah, it was definitely like a red herring situation From like before where we thought he was all serious and which I was very confused because in the original like that wasn't like I mean he was kind of goofy in a way but um, there's so much more to his character now which is amazing to see but yeah I was like oh he's way more serious. I don't know if I like this.
0: Right. I'm actually honestly very impressed that he managed to pull it off knowing what I know about him now. I mean, in a way, I guess I wouldn't be so surprised because he's definitely a drama queen. So, you know, he, he needed that, like, dramatic, those dramatic skills to act that way. But I'm very surprised that he was able to act so serious, ambitious, and intimidating at all. Mm-hmm. I think,
1: really, he he has those traits from it. But he doesn't have the same desire to use them. At least not for malicious intent. This was kind of a You wronged me, so I'm going to sort of punish you for it. But, I mean, he didn't let Tora do any real damage to him. He just wanted to get his point across. And he
0: obviously even
1: couldn't handle really that because he threw up afterwards. (laughs) So I think he, he really has those intimidating traits when he needs them but he doesn't really want to use them it's it's just it's not who he wants to be
0: you know that's interesting because i wonder now now that you phrase it that way i wonder if the thing that he learned from vincent is that he can get his way and that expectation that i snap my fingers and i get what i want because right i mean he's upset about like a lot of us you know are are upset about our work but our first thought is not to go and you know intimidate and beat up our boss right like we all have issues with our workplace but we deal with it you know in other ways but i think quincy maybe is used to just getting his way all the time
2: yeah definitely so when he doesn't get his way he's able to you know do the intimidation part of it
0: mm-hmm. or he expects he, something He feels
1: more done. justified in doing it because it was a wrong against him
0: Right, where many of us have learned to just swallow in and move on because that's life and we don't have that kind of power and we know that we just can't get our way all the time. Anyhow, so now it's going back to a bit earlier on where Poppy is sitting outside of, looks like it's outside of her work and you know we have like this bird's eye view shot. She's sitting there and, um there's some flowers. It's very pretty. And Erdine comes up from behind her and Erdine is very perceptive and she says, all right, that's up. I know something's bothering you. And not only is she perceptive, but she's kind. She goes and she brings her some coffee. So she's reaching out. You know, a lot of times if we see somebody who we see like they're sad or they're off, but we're not necessarily courageous enough to ask them and to the subject and say what's going on. But Ardine is emotionally healthy enough and confident enough to ask her what's going on. And she's caring enough. So she's just a really great character.
2: She's like, um, she's the best friend you always wanted yeah but you can definitely tell she's a little bit of a hippie uh sort of deal like not only just because of the tattoo and the hair but she was saying how um like they're gonna sage her uh apartment
0: because it's cursed yeah (laughs) right poppy just told her everything that happened and yeah this is her remedy let's put plants in your apartment clearly that will help (laughs) sorry uh, you can see my proclivities and my non-belief in plant efficacy for cursed apartments
2: (laughs) oh no i i get it um also fun fact kids out there don't use white sage because that's cultural appropriation anyways sorry
0: i I don't even i never heard of this but i guess because i'm not (laughs) I i don't ever bother using sage for anything except for like a spice i guess Mm, that's true <laughs> so anywho so Erdine, you know she's trying to comfort her but she sees that poppy is like barely reacting Poppy's just in a daze and so then she like goes a step further and she takes poppy's hand and she affirms you know she gives her this emotional support i'm so proud of you you're handling all this like a queen she's leaning forward she's really showing her her caring and her attentiveness she's just really compassionate and emotionally nurturing
2: yeah, but she's
1: like everyone, she's the best friend everyone wants. I agree. <laughs> I wish she was my friend.
2: It's really cute, but she like says, you know, like I'm so proud of you. You're handling this like a queen. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of sweet in a way.
0: Yeah, and then she points out that Poppy is just like you're a queen with two perfectly done French braids. And, you know, she's like touching them and Poppy pushes her away. Stop it. So apparently Poppy has this reputation for being really good with braids. And then she's like, oh, that's the only thing in my life has done perfectly. Don't hate me. So and then she promises that she'll teach her as soon as her work is done. So we see here that Poppy is apparently really good at braids. And we also see know, she's like, when my work is done. But Dean's like, your work is never done. I heard that two weeks ago. And I'm a graphic designer. I have half the workload you do. So we see from here that Poppy, and we already knew this because, you know, after her massive day, what's the first thing Poppy thought of? Let me go to the office for a few hours. So Poppy is clearly a very, very dedicated worker and she works hard.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then she kind of, you know, like says that there's one more thing that she's left out and that she had messed up big time with, uh, with their client.
0: Right. And that's something that's like, especially because work is so important to her. She's very, very devastated about it. You know, this was like her first time, her first chance to prove herself. It's her first job out of college. It's a prestigious job. She really wanted to impress her boss. And this was like her first big client. And she couldn't even say anything. And he left and he thought she was a teenager. Right. Which Wesley or Jean helps her a little bit after. Plus, she's really worried about money. Um, She doesn't have she didn't have money to buy any more outfits because she spent all of her savings on her down payment for her rent. So she just didn't have money to buy more business outfits.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, And then she says that uh, Gail was the only one in the city willing to take a chance on me as like, you know, a fresh graduate with zero work experience, which is Like, that's really hard to get. Usually you have to do, like, an internship, an unpaid internship.
0: Right, especially in the publishing world, which is, um, people like to work in that field. You know, like all us literary people. Um, And so this is something that, you know, especially when I saw her title, it's like managing editor. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big job title for a fresh college graduate. So this may or may not be important in terms of the plot. So just... Let's keep that in mind. You know, maybe why did Gil want to hire her? Who knows? It may be important. It may not be important. We don't know.
1: (laughs) I'm also very curious as to what exactly her degrees were in that got her such a high position as a starting position. Because you'd think someone would have to start at the bottom and work their way up. So it's very interesting that she is so high in that hierarchy so quickly
2: hmm yeah I agree but I think the company is also a startup too right so that like that probably also helps because when it comes to startups like it's just like they're you know they're taking a chance bare by bones. just being yeah kind of. bare bones uh they're taking a chance you know and maybe he's like we we've kind of we haven't met him yet but you know Like, I kind of feel like maybe he's one of those hip,
0: cool bosses. Hmm. I hope so. Right. Well, we'll meet him soon enough. (laughs) So, yeah, so this is something that really means a lot. And then Erdine is so sweet. She hugs Poppy. And it's just this great shot. And, of course, she makes fun of herself. Erdine's like, "Mirror girl. Sorry, I'm a bony bitch. (laughs) I'm sure my hugs aren't that great. And Poppy's like, well, you're the best bony bitch. You're bony bitch goals. Sorry for the cursing. <laughs> and it's really sweet. And we see here, it's interesting, Poppy makes this reference to something that we're gonna, we're gonna learn more about her later. She's like, Do I get bonus points for being ditzy? And I, you know, you realize that Poppy, well, she actually talks about it right now. She says, you know, Erdine asks her, she's like, did you really believe that the guy who saved you, did you really believe he was a celebrity, like he said? And Poppy says, no, of course I didn't. Um, You know, I'm sure he had his reasons for keeping his face hidden, which by the way, to me is like perceptive of her, right? Like that she recognized instantly that he wanted to keep his face hidden. So she was able to flow along with his desire and like to understand his discomfort and his embarrassment. So I think that's, you know, perceptive of Poppy. But we see here that Poppy does then Erdine calls her out on this. She's like, you're always doing this play along thing and people fall for it all the time. And Poppy says, when you're as small as I am, sometimes getting away is a better option than getting your way. So Poppy clearly understands that she uses her cuteness to her advantage. And she sometimes pretends to be less observant than she lets on.
2: Yeah, she pretends like she's, you know, this ditzy, cute little, you know, schoolgirl almost act, right? But she definitely isn't. And she's showing that she's way more than she lets on.
0: Right. And this is it. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So I think for us as readers, also, this is something that we ourselves aren't sure of how much Poppy knows. And we'll see a bit later. There's like this really big question of whether Poppy knows something. And we don't know. We just don't know because we don't know how much Poppy, how much we ourselves can can contrast Poppy by what we see on the exterior. Like we don't know how much she's hiding underneath. So which which makes a very compelling and intriguing story. It's
1: almost like she's doing it to us just as much as she's doing it like to the characters in the story. (laughs) Yeah. It really is Poppy. (laughs) I kind of feel like this was
2: the moment that I fell in love with her character because she became more than just she became a little bit more three-dimensional rather than um, like two-dimensional stereotype you know uh, self-insert sort of character you
0: know what I mean mm-hmm. right she has depth yes and complexity and, and yeah and I love how I love how she's really perceptive like you know she really is she vocalizes that she didn't want him to feel more awkward than he was already feeling. Poor guy sounded so embarrassed, especially after I complimented him for having a nice voice. I just love, I love that. You know, Poppy is a very emotionally sensitive and in person. We we talked about how maybe she isn't so in touch with her own emotions, but she's very perceptive of other people's emotional states. And this is like right after falling from a tree, right? And the guy just like put the hood over her face. So it's, And she had this overwhelming day, but even with all that you know, external stimulus, she was still able to perceive and understand what was going on.
2: And the, this is the part. Oh, sorry. Go on.
1: I was going to say probably because she's so big on deflecting what she's got going on. She, she usually pushes that aside. That's probably why she was able to focus so much on what was going on with him because she didn't want to deal with what was going on with her. So she was just mm-hmm. hyper focused on that and it was easier for her to read it just because she didn't have her own things in her head. She pushed that aside.
2: Right.
0: Sorry guys, that's a fire truck going by. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> she's a very empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Right. And now this is hilarious, this conversation. Erdine is like, well, you know, what does he have to be embarrassed of? Like 20 <clears throat> double chins, a third eye, unibrow. So like, maybe he's just shy. And then Erdine is like this, like romantic. She's like, he must be at least very tall and strong to cushion your fall so effortlessly. And Poppy's like, really? I never thought of it that way before. But Erdine at this point catches on. She's like, you're faking it. <laughs> <laughs> and she like, yeah, and then she Poppy- points
2: it out. She's like, that's very clever of you. I'm very impressed.
0: Yeah, this is adorable. And yeah, but then Poppy goes back to what's really worrying her, and that's the picture of her on the train. And Erdine reminds her, you know, like Inspector said, it was an accident, and she says something really cute. She's like, maybe he wanted to take a picture of you because he finds you cute, which is cute. You know, like Erdine's always the romantic, right? You know, she was trying to encourage that romance before, and now she's (laughs) trying to do it. She reminds me of myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even see what a matchmaker I am for my friends. Just obsessed.
2: (laughs) And and Poppy's like, yeah, right. Not a chance. Guys like him don't do cute. (laughs) (laughs) If you only knew. (laughs) And then he's like, this part is one of my favorites where he's like, this girl be looking like a Pikachu.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Take a... Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah, she puts on this Pikachu face. She's like, "I might take a mm, Pikachu photo of this damn Pikachu and show it to my mm, friends." Just, I can just picture her doing that Pikachu voice, so cute. <laughs> uh
2: and then it's like, "Stop making that face before we get sued for copyright infringement," which I really appreciated breaking the the
0: fourth wall there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, you know, obviously Pikachu is spelled differently. I see that all the time, like um, in the comics where things are spelled differently. Like instead of YouTube, it's YouTube or Google, it's Goggle, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, so here we see why Poppy is so distressed about this picture. You know, we're all worried. We're like, then some people are like, okay, so big deal. You have, she has a picture of you, but then she is like, well, what if it gets leaked and ends up on some sleazy website and a future employer finds that photo online? What would they think about me? Both my friends find it or my granny. You know, so clearly her granny is a pivotal person in her life, right? And then Ordina's like, if your granny sees on a porn site, you might have bigger issues on hand. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she says, you know, I run and she gives us a clue about what their magazine's like. She's like, I'm helping Gil run a tabloid-esque magazine over here. So I should know that these things happen. So it gives you, you know, a little bit of a knowledge about what they do. So they may not run the most classy establishment over there. <laughs> So that's what she's worried about. You know, she's more private, more conservative, doesn't want her photo to end up on the internet in on inappropriate websites.
2: Which is fair. I
1: think this was also very telling for me because she specifically says, what if my friends or my granny sees it? Because my first thought would be my parents. So that was one of the things that kind of gave me the idea that maybe her parents weren't involved for some reason
0: so that,
1: that was kind of an interesting thing that she added to give us that idea without actually confirming anything at this point but i i think that was one of the things that i really stuck on with this conversation was the fact that she she doesn't mention her parents at all because yeah this the first thing you kind of think of usually is what if my mom sees that, or what if my dad sees that? But she automatically went to her grandmother. So I, I kind of got that idea in my head that her granny probably raised her from this part of the, the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. That's great. And her granny seems to be, um at the very least, uh, a principal person. You know, there are some some grannies who are like out there, but I guess not her granny. <laughs> hmm. So.
2: That and totally now, bypassed me. So that was really perceptive.
0: Yeah. Now, Erdeen suggests something that I think is probably very in, in character for Erdeen because Erdeen is very forthright and brash and confident. And she's like, "Why don't you just ask him about the photo?" And but then, she, but she, she's smart enough to understand that not everybody is like her. She says that you know he sounds really big and scary, and I imagine that because you're tiny, confronting someone like that must be terrifying but then she's like and she has this little blush on her face when she says that she's like didn't he spend his entire afternoon chasing down mr lamb for you and then chasing you down into the car and she's like if a guy did that for me i'd marry him which is adorable <laughs> i just love it like the friend who sees romance everywhere and poppy is much more practical poppy is like by the way erjean's like disney right you know every in every disney movie you're like you meet the guy and like a second later you're in love and like the next day you're married <laughs> <laughs>
2: And of course, I, Poppy is just like, yes, it's perfectly safe and logical to marry a guy you've only known
0: for a day.
1: <laughs> what is Frozen pop in my head right
0: now? It, it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what else is. I actually, um, at some point, I started keeping track of um, if I would watch like Disney movies and how long the characters have spent time together before they like fell madly in love. And it's usually like a day, maybe max some two days. But I, I will say I I really can't be a snob on this because that's what I did with my husband and we've been married for ten years so whatever <laughs> I did have this like pretty instant love too so <laughs>
1: and I feel like I mean it's not impossible it's just those who've never actually had that happen to them think of it as impossible but I, I feel like if there's a strong enough connection between people, like, it is something that could happen. It's just something I myself have never experienced, but it's, I mean, I don't think it's impossible.
2: No, I feel like it's very real. Um, hasn't happened to me personally, but, like, you know, you hear stories of, like, friends and stuff where, like, I, I had a friend who, uh, like she known her husband for like quite some time, but um, she started dating him, and then he got a job across the country, and then she just decided to go with them, and they got married within a year.
0: Yep, we uh, I met my husband. My friends suggested we go out. I met him first date. He was like a stranger, so I didn't have that. Second date, by the end of the second date, we were already talking about when we get married, if we get married. And then our third date was the weekend. We spent the entire weekend together. We didn't go to sleep. We were all talking all night. And we already said, I love you then. And we decided we're getting married. And that was that. (laughs) And we got married six months later. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
2: But I will say. romance.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I will say, though, that is, um, I come from, like, this ultra-Orthodox Jewish background where people do get married really fast. They go out, like. My family people go out on like two or three dates and then they get getting aged. The thing the difference is though they do it like with um kind of like a little more like arranged marriage. It's like through a matchmaker and the family meets first and like the parents approve first. So I didn't do that. I was like the rebel and I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna be like my family. I'm gonna date for a long time before I get married and I ended up just falling in love right away, also. So <laughs> So I didn't do that, but I did get a great husband out of that. So it's okay. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> So anyhow, um, you know, Erdine was like, oh, look who's all grown up and immature now. And then Poppy, you know, has this kind of like distressed look on her face. And then she looks down and she feels bad. And she's like, I'm sorry, Erdine. I didn't mean to unleash that rage on you. And, you know, it's interesting that like Poppy feels that that small expression was rage. So she, I think she's really used to stuffing her emotions inside because she didn't really say anything that bad. All she said was like the slightly snarky comment But she is already apologizing for it and she's feeling like that's rageful. So it looks to me like that Poppy has this trend of like keeping all her negative emotions inside and not expressing them. And we do see that come out later where she references that she keeps her rage inside.
1: Huh. Yeah, which I'm, I'm feeling like that's gonna hit a boiling point at some point, and we're gonna see some rage. Mm-hmm. Which will be interesting to see how she handles actually expressing it. I'm, I'm very curious to see how, what that will look like for her.
0: Right. And, you know, you see that Erdine doesn't have that because Erdine tells her, like, you don't have to apologize. It's okay. And she says something about Jacob. Like, you see, poor Jacob. He's just, like, the receiving end of their jokes. He's mm-hmm. like, well, even Jacob could tell. But Jacob is annoying and useless. So I'll sleep him out of the equation. <laughs> <at him." laughs>
2: it's so, they're so mean to Jacob.
0: <laughs> you know, I can, I could so, so see that dynamic. Like, this beta male bossed around by these dominant women. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And, yeah, and then it's like, you know, you probably haven't had time to process this. And she says, no, I haven't. I'll try to do some journaling when I get back home today. She's like, yeah, I'll do that. But, of course, we know that's not going to happen. She's not going to have any time to breathe, this poor young lady. You know, so now we're going back to the, back to the present where Pappy has just sent this message. And she's like, oh, my God, what should I do? And she's looking at her phone and she's like, so much for getting back and getting my thoughts in on paper, right? and she is just overwhelmed she leans against the wall and then she gets a message and she's shocked and she looks at it and she's like no way and it's like this really cute um image with like these you know lines just streaking out from her because she's really shocked
2: oh yeah like she is like what is going on he actually (laughs) replied and, and then that's when we see that, like, he's the one who
0: sent the message. Yep, he's still leaning there. He's typing, and he presses send. And, you know, Poppy's phone is blank. She's dumping. She's not prepared for this. What could he have texted me? She opens up her phone, and it's just so adorable. It's, like, literally pink, uh, a pink background with, like, unicorns and rain clouds and flowers and rainbows. <laughs> it's just the most adorable message. And, and this pretty- is by the 5.35. It's like 12 messages, 12 minutes after she, like, sent her last message.
2: And, and I feel like this is, because this is, like, a long moment between, you know, when she first sees the message to when we actually see what the message is. Like, Lily is teasing us with this.
0: hmm Yeah, I she's a master noticed- of building up the
1: Hands when she's holding the phone, there's like little dash lines around it. Is that like she's shaking? Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, right. I didn't notice it before. That's so awesome that you see that. Wow, <laughs> poor young lady. <sighs> she really is flustered, blushing, but dumping, shaking. And she gets the message. So here's what he says You know, while she was waiting, Tora took action. And he just, in his bossy, domineering tone, he says, "Tonight at ten, Black Swan Bistro and Bar. Don't be late." Oh. <laughs> and again, no punctuation. You know, like minimal punctuation, no capitalization, doesn't end with period. He does. He does write "don't" with an apostrophe. I will give him that. <laughs> I feel like that probably like Otto did it. It's, it's,
2: <laughs> it's, it's... I appreciate that he didn't put the the. A period at the end of don't be late because for some reason if you put a period between like something that you've ordered in like a message it seems so much scarier like that's why when you send messages most of the time if you don't put a period it doesn't sound like way it doesn't sound authoritative when you yes. do that <laughs> but if you put a period it's just like get here now yes. <laughs>
0: Right, that's funny. I actually had to have a
1: talk with my boyfriend about that because he would do that and it was just it's punctuation to him but I was like okay it sounds like you're really angry <laughs> <Just
2: stop. laughs> that's why I always if I'm gonna like you know have punctuation I always put a smiley face at the end because it's less harsh
0: right, it's hilarious how pop texting has developed its own language and meaning
2: oh yeah like it is Whatever it is about that period at the end, like it it is it makes and me scared. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, are you mad at me? What is going on? Right. It's well, just, papi, it's very this final, just
1: no, period. Like abrupt halt.
2: No. But he but he mm-hmm. did do that with like the other parts of the message, right? Like tonight at 10, the black swan bistro and bar. <laughs> Don't be late. But I
1: feel like that was more separating the different like parts of the sentence.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think that like that's that's something. Yeah, I don't think that Tor is actually like thinking. He he feels like he's a very uh, to the point sort of person, right? So that's why he types like that. But she doesn't know him like that, right? So she sees this and she's like, "Oh God, what am I like?" Am I going to this? Jeez.
1: It's like Mm -hmm. if you look at her message compared to his, you've got all this punctuation and the the commas and like everything looks very neat. And she's also like an editor. So that also kind of plays into it. Mm -hmm. But it's very interesting, the contrast when you look at the two different messages next to each other.
0: Right. And hers is also very hesitant. And she's like, first, hello, is this Tara? I mean, I'm the girl from, you know, Chevy's restaurant, you passed your business card. I was just wondering, like, it's very hesitant, a lot of questions, and Tora's is decisive and domineering. Yeah. Okay, but clearly he wants to spend more time with her. And when I, my first thought when I when I saw this was like, poor Poppy, like, this is her, this is day two of the comic, and she just has nonstop action. You know, she has jewelry shooting on her, the accident, the chocolate shoe, um, torah harassing her on the train, the guy at the at the police station falling off of a tree. That's day one. Day two, Mr. Lamb not listening to her, running out of town, Mr. Lamb, running around with Torah. And now she doesn't even she can't even go home and like relax. She has a date at 10, which is late in my book.
2: Oh yeah. Like I I'm definitely at that age where I'm like, uh ten o'clock. God, can't we do this at like six?
0: <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, exactly. 10, I want to be in bed in pajamas. That's that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think you get to a certain age, like 30, and then it's like, you know what? I just don't feel like going out past nine.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, ladies. Well, I will see you on the other end of this because we are going to do episode 16 in a minute. So we'll catch you later. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.